Well, on the fourth day of July here in New Zealand, it's time to catch up with our American woman who is actually in New Zealand. We're a day ahead of the celebrations in the US. Amy Thaler, happy Independence Day, Amy. Good morning. Thank you, BK. It's so nice to be back in New Zealand. Um, yeah, I want to get your impressions of New Zealand. It's been a while since you've been here. You've worked here for many years as the CEO of the, of the YMCA in Tauranga. So, you know, have you noticed any major changes? Yeah, well, definitely, you know, the cost of things have gone up, certainly. And, you know, the things in America have gone up, certainly food costs. Um, but I think the cost in New Zealand has certainly far outpaced the cost uh, in America. I was sitting around with some friends. I'm in the Capiti Coast, and we were talking about the cost of groceries. And I explained that I used to spend about $100 a week on groceries, typical week for me and my daughter Blythe. Um, didn't include much meat <clears throat> as we try to be fairly plant-based. Um, and then much of our meat comes from Costco every on a Costco run every now and again. And they said that their same shop, uh, and my that same shop now is about $175 American or a bit more. My friends are a family of three and they spend more like $300, $350 a week for them. So I did a little cost comparison online of two grocery stores you know, obviously one Kiwi, one American. And yeah, really, it's quite remarkable. Milk streaky bacon is double. Generic rice bubble cereal is more than double. Sour cream, four times as much. Boneless chicken breast, two and a half times. A single oh. banana is three times the price. Oh. Oh. Uh, a head of broccoli, interestingly enough, um, is the, a fresh head of broccoli is the one thing that was cheaper, but frozen broccoli was about 30% more expensive. Um, I've been, you know, out, as you might imagine, for coffees here and there, and that seems to be about the same, not ex counting for the exchange rate. The taste, of course, is still far superior, especially a flat white, which you cannot really get in uh, America to save your life. But they don't seem to come with that wee biscuit or chocolate fish or a Jaffa <laughs> anymore, which I was a bit disappointed about. Um, New Zealand roads, there are some new roads. You know, America is so old in comparison to New Zealand that it's rare for a new road to be built. But um, it was nice to see the Auckland Airport Road was completed since I lived here. And Transmission Gully here in Kapiti uh, mm. was completed since I was last here in 2019. And of course, the cost of petrol is just crazy. It's about three times oh. what it is in the U.S. Oh, don't go there. You've noticed also you've got a yeah. friend who's getting some health care here. And, and we, we are, there's a plus for us, a big tick for us there, isn't there? Yeah. So I spent some time in Auckland with one of my besties who's uh, up there because her daughter is in the Acquired Brain Injury Rehab Center, ABI. And first off, I really have to give a, sh a shout out to the team there because they do absolutely amazing work. And secondly, I can tell you that as much as folks like to whinge about the healthcare system in New Zealand, and it does have its challenges, I, you know, I'm not going to debate that, but I would take it over the U.S. healthcare system any day of the week and twice on Sunday. My friend's daughter was in a terrible car accident in the Kaivais in mid-February. She spent six weeks in ICU then about two in the high dependency unit before going to ABI in Auckland. And the paperwork of that care in the U.S. would have broken my friend alone, let alone the cost. But here in New Zealand, she has had unreal support that's enabled her to focus her time and energy on helping her daughter recover. And fortunately, she's come such a long way and will be going home to Papamoa in the next day or so. 
still with a long road to walk, but she is walking and my friend isn't buried in a mound of debt that just would have crushed her. She's surrounded by supportive professionals and her fano in ways that you just don't see in America. So that is a major difference worth noting. All right, that's nice to know. Um, let's go back to the US, and I know you've probably been a wee bit out of touch, but the Supreme Court, um, before its summer recess, some interesting decisions. Oh, yeah. Every year at the end of June, the US court um, issues the last of its long-awaited decisions before it adjourns for summer, and this summer is no different. Several big, big decisions still pending. I have one friend who posted that she's starting to get PTSD about the end of June with the Supremes dumping big devastating decisions and then ditching off for summer, leaving a wake of disheartened communities behind. But let me give you the the highlight, so to speak. We started with the ruling overturning affirmative action programs at Harvard and the University of North Carolina with the three liberal justices dissenting. The court declared that the race conscious admission programs were unlawful and curtailed a policy that has been a longstanding foundation of higher education. Dissenting Liberal Justice Sonia Sotomayor said the court subverts the constitutional guarantee of equal protection by further entrenching racial inequality in education, which is the very foundation of our democratic government and pluralistic society. The fundamental concern here is that the decision has greater implications, not just for the university admissions process, but also for employment and other diversity issues. Next up was a 6-3 decision where the Supremes ruled that a Christian website designer in Colorado could refuse to do work for a same-sex couple on the basis that it violated her right to free speech, the First Amendment, which the conservative majority opinion penned by Justice Gorsuch said was, quote, one of our most cherished civil liberties. Well, Justice Sotomayor warned that the decision could be far-reaching opening the door for the exclusion of other groups as the court is for the first time giving a business a constitutional right to refuse to serve members of a protected class. And all of this is actually based on a case which is not clear if the request did in fact come from a same-sex couple. As the individual cited in the case, once it was finally fact-checked, turned out to be a straight man who'd been married to a woman for 15 years. Wow. So that's I, interesting. Yeah, very then, Amy, got it, uh, we've, we've got to go, Amy. We've run out of time. But really, okay, good, BK. really good to catch up, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Sounds good. Have a good one. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.